Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 322. It's made possible by our sponsors this week, Squarespace, Pingdom, and Bombus. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, how are you? Are you excited for Thanksgiving? Do you do anything for Thanksgiving? I know Mike and Adina do. Not really, and I'm not excited. I'm just sad because we're just at home without seeing our family. So, uh, same, um, same. Mike, how are you? Great. It's good. You you told us earlier you're gonna make a Thanksgiving dinner. What are you gonna make? Started yes, it started today actually. Adina started some of the work today. Um, so she uh, did a she what is it, like a dry brine on. Uh, we're we're doing chicken. We're doing just chicken breast because we have a turkey dinner in like a month. We do turkey at Christmas, so we just decided to have chicken today because I don't like turkey enough to do it twice in a Same. month. Yeah, I'm not a big turkey fan. Yeah, so we're going with chicken. Uh, we're doing um, sweet potato casserole, the, marsh- the, the marshmallow version. Mm. We got we ordered a pumpkin pie from a nice bakery that arrived today. Um, we'll be doing potatoes and something with green beans, and yeah, we got we got like a whole big thing going on. I'm very excited for tomorrow because. I kind of choose to celebrate Thanksgiving because nobody's around to work with me. So I might as well <laughs> take the day as a holiday because no one will answer my emails. No one will record shows. So I may as well celebrate it. There you go. All right. We've got a bunch of follow-up. And as promised, we're going to start with the face ID and masks. When Mary was on the show last week, uh, this was shared that you could cover half your face and do the face ID and then cover the other half of your face. So Mary did this, and she said it worked a couple of times, and then it stopped working. So Mm. she was able to unlock her phone, I think, with a mask three times, and then it basically just refused. So uh, I wonder if this is one of those training things. Like, you really just have to, like, be in it. Because, you know, we all know this, that when you, uh, if it doesn't recognize you and you put your code in, it learns. Mm Mm-hmm. And then over time, Face ID gets better. I wonder if this is one of those things that you just have to really commit to it, you know? Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. It's interesting that it worked at all, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like one of those snake oil things to me. So I'm surprised that it worked at all. Yeah, I haven't bothered doing it. I just kind of accepted that I need to put in my passcode. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just feel, it just sounds... Uh, I don't want to mess up m- mess up the algorithm, you know? It just seems like one of those things where you do it and, and suddenly, like, you're, you're, the, the, the little intelligent part of your phone just goes crazy. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to trick the computer, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I didn't do it. Uh, I think I said this on the show at some point. Maybe I didn't. Is that I have gone from a six-digit pin code back to a four-digit pin code during covid oh i've never i've never gone up gone up to six myself i always stayed at four so mary's phone (laughs) requires six because she has her work email on it and unlike relay fm uh they have security protocols around their email that require phone codes so lol security we have two-factor authentication (laughs) turned on we're we're good yeah that's what i do as well i mean two factors two factor is is pointless if it's actually hidden behind a four it's four uh, code passcode because the two factor i mean you could say oh i got two factor but it's all signed in in the apps mm-hmm. so uh don't steal mike and i's phones is what we're saying yeah please but her employer requires like they have a big outlook system and so her work email one of the the things with that is to enforce a six-digit pin not just on her phone but on her watch as well it's like 
Mm-mm. She's a teacher. Like, what secrets could she have? Like, the answers to next week's vocabulary test, I guess. But um, so she's still in the six-digit world. Well, I mean, you you get it though, right? Like, it's it's stuff. Oh about yeah, kids. they have like yeah. hundred thousand employees. Wanted- I just it. want to say this before we get the emails where Stephen's like, have you never heard of this privacy thing for for school children? So it has now been said. We made jokes last time about Apple authorized service providers uh, all having the same furniture and stuff. And I was really hoping someone would give us details on this. And someone did. So Thomas uh, sent a, a string of tweets into us saying that, that they used to work at an Apple premium reseller. So that is... Uh, Different from like an Apple authorized service provider, which is what I was doing. ASPs do repairs, APRs sell things, and you can have a company that does both. Get you a company that can do both. Nice. Uh, but if you're an APR, it is very tightly controlled, as we sort of joked about. So Apple approves the store location, the building size and layout. They provide plans on which devices, tables, and layouts. Uh, go so like they give you a, fl- a blueprint of where everything will sit wow you're required to buy the furniture from a specific company that is indeed very similar to apples oh my word hmm. uh, they come with their own security and chargers uh, placement of devices is given in centimeters and i knew this from my apple store days huh. we had a visual team and we had standards of like the iMac goes here, the keyboard goes this far away from the foot of the iMac, the mouse goes this many inches over. Uh, it's all very tightly controlled. Apple tells them what what device color needs to be where. So like the pink MacBook Air goes here. This iPhone was blue, now it's black. Very tightly controlled, but you get to use the Apple logo, which is a big deal in this world. AASPs can only use the Apple logo in very certain circumstances, and very often you would see the Apple logo or something close to it, people using it uh, shadily. But if you're an Apple premium reseller, you you get those perks if you follow all of these rules, which sound very stressful to keep up with, to be honest with you. So there you go. I cannot believe it is as detailed as this. I can't, but I also super can believe it. But my, I have I have a secondary question, though, that, that if anybody can answer, maybe Thomas can answer. Okay. Because I've been to these, and like what, what I always find with these stores is they always look like old designs. So do Apple request that the design is changed at some point? Hmm. So like, are all these stores going to have to update to the, you know, trees and limestone everywhere? Or I wonder if they keep them like one generation behind because they're not Apple stores. Oh, they always keep them a little <laughs> yeah. bit back. Just to remind you, you're not the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep them down. <laughs> you got to right. fully rise up. That's right. It's like, why is there a, an EMAC back there? Well, Apple said we have to leave it out. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys think that the this this um, there's like a, a convention for Apple premium resellers? Like, do they all get together? Like a training program, maybe? And talk behind Apple's back? Oh, that's a different thing. Like, there's like a big <laughs> slack and they're all in it? No, like a like, retreat. Like a, a retreat for... Apple premium resellers. Maybe. I've always wanted to have like a company retreat, except my company's like two people. You just go hang out with John. <laughs> well, yeah, but do you call it a retreat? Yes. You do so your business can pay for it. What if our company and your company have a joint retreat mm. and then it could be four people? I don't know. I just find the idea of company retreats fascinating, mm. especially for big companies. Like 50, 60 people? I think that'd be like three and a half people because I also work for Mac Story some. 
Mm. So I'm like, I get to wear like the relay shirt and the Mac story shirt like sewn together. Yeah, you have to cut it down in half. But like, descri- like, uh, uh, have you guys ever been on a company retreat? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, so, I don't think so do you ever end up in an awkward situation where, like, I don't know, y- y- there there must be activities, right? Oh yeah, because team building. Okay. okay, so do do you ever end up in like an awkward situation when, say, you're playing football or something, or you're hiking, whatever, and like, there's also your boss mm-hmm. and let's say you're playing a sport and you don't want to hurt your boss. Like you want to make them believe they're winning. <laughs> so does it, does it get kind of awkward that way? <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. I'm the... sure in this very specific <laughs> example that you've given, it could get awkward. Like, do, do you want to play football with John? And you're just like, what is no. this? No, I'm just, I'm just asking about the, like the, the psychological effect of these company retreats in the sense of, mm-hmm. They seem to me like things can get kind of awkward yeah. in different scenarios. I think if you work for Michael Scott, it might. But I think for, <laughs> you know... Yeah, I guess that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to go sure on the Dunder there Mifflin. are some that are like that, but, you know. Mm, interesting. I don't know. I find it fascinating. That was not the case with ours. Okay, it was fine. Good. That's good. All right. Tell me about Google adopting new things in iPadOS that are really old things on iPadOS. This is a super just quick thing. I just want to complain. Uh, Chrome on iOS, on iPadOS, has added multi-window support. Mm. It's definitely the, the app that we all want it to be included on. Come on, Google. <laughs> You're so behind. Like, I need I need good trackpad support, right, on iPadOS. I also really want multi-window. Just make it happen. Mm-hmm. Microsoft can do it. Do you think that this was like a, a trade so they could be a default browser. Apple was like, yes, but you have to support multi-window. I mean, maybe, but they did it way after, so... Mike, are you using Chrome as your default browser on iOS and iPadOS? No, I'm all Safari. I'm, I'm all Safari. I switched with uh, iPadOS, whatever the first one was, because they did a default... Uh, like, sorry, like the, the good beefed-up like desktop Safari. So last year, 13, yeah. So I, okay. I, I swapped... I switched during the beta process and then switched on uh the mac too and on the mac too interesting yeah it pushed me like the 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 desktop safari pushed me on all devices because i am a firm believer of like if you use a browser you should use that same browser everywhere because that is true that's that's wild otherwise because you lose out on so much just like the shared history yeah it's like walking with two different shoes at the same time it's (laughs) you don't want to do that when i have the same browser everywhere i agree i remember walking Oh yeah, how is your foot? Oh, that's fine. Have you have you have you fallen again? Nope. No accidents okay. this week to report. Okay, no oh, accidents. Excellent. That's good. That's good. Very mm-hmm. good news. But you've been keeping yourself busy though, haven't you? Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm working, doing stuff. Uh, I have released to complement my macOS wallpapers in 5K. I took a bunch of the OS 9 wallpapers and made them 5K, and some of these are not good. <laughs> Yeah, I have. A, I don't know why you did this because all right. So like the Mac OS ten wallpapers. <laughs> I don't know why you did the Mac this. Mac OS ten wallpapers <laughs> are all great. Yeah, the Mac OS nine wallpapers are all bad. <laughs> They're all bad. <laughs> They're just different levels of bad. My favorite one is the really weird Finder face. It's like, huge. Who cares about Finder that much that they were making their desktop background? Uh, they're all really, really bad. Really bad. 
The capsule one is the most concerning to me because it just looks like pills flying by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. one? The, the, the green one? Yeah. It just looks like Advil or something going by. I have a question. I have a question. What's up with shutters? I don't know. It's like a <laughs> that and bottles. Shutters and bottles uh, th- th- and golden poppy are just like pictures. And then the rest of them are these like acid trips. <laughs> I think it's kind of like the inverse of the ones they put on Big Sur, right? Where it's like, here's some illustrations of places. And like, ah, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. So UFO 2 is my favorite. Uh, the orange and the orangey UFO one. I think the I think the 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 bottles one is like obviously like those are the bottles that contain the substances that this person <laughs> took before the acid trip. <laughs> and if if you if you if you look at the wallpaper, you can see those are empty bottles. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. There's a reason behind it. If anything, Stephen, this is a really good demo of machine learning, like applied right. in practice to yes. something that. Somebody, I'm sure, will enjoy or not. Um, but uh, like the th- super resolution in Pixel Meter, like mm-hmm. if there ever was a feature that you could say this is what machine learning can actually do in practice, upscaling small images to bigger sizes and have these kinds of results in with that kind of performance, I think that makes for a really good demo to understand. Like well, because we hear this talk of like machine learning improvements, they yeah, are, and it's like. Why are you spending so much time on putting so many cores in there? Like, what what does it do for me? And yeah, you're right. This is a great example of it. Yeah. So this is how I did it. So these all originally were 1024 by 768 or smaller. And if you look at some of them, like some of the grape ones, like, um, let me look at this one. Grape gravity, for instance, is out of focus. That's how the original one is, too. It's not that this um, Pixelmator Pro feature botched it. It's that it scaled up what it had to work with, and the the original small one is blurry. This was really impressive. I did this on an M1 MacBook Air, and at the same time, I ran one on my Mac Pro, and the MacBook Air destroyed it. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even a contest. And I've got a pretty decent. That makes a lot of sense, though, right? Like th- th- more than I think a lot of other stuff is like the Mac Pro does not have Mm-mm. a specific thing. Right. For this. Right. And so this is uh, really the first example that I have come across where I was like, oh, this is what a neural engine can do. Because on iOS, it's kind of nebulous, right? It's like, oh, it's doing machine learning. But like when when you can do this and compare it with a machine with a neural engine and one without, you can really see what this is capable of. So I guess this is taking advantage of some machine learning APIs then, right? Yeah. Caramel? Uh, isn't it based on Caramel? Yeah, I think it is. It is based on that. Uh, we'll Caramel. put their blog post in the show notes because uh, yeah. it is is pretty interesting and they compare it this versus other ways to do it. But yeah, it was it was really fast. And the feature is why I did this. I was like, oh, I wonder what I could like, because I, I was so interested in what this would be. And then just, it popped in my mind that, oh, I have a bunch of OS 9 wallpapers. Uh, I wonder how it would scale them up. And, and it did a remarkable job. I mean, some of them that are sharp, like the flower power or bottles or something, like they look good full size and they started out super tiny. So it, it was really impressive. And now people have a bunch of wacky wallpapers to use. Yeah. A thing that I've done, which is not as good, but like on the Pixelmator um, for iOS, is is it called Pixelmator Photo? Yes. 
Well, there's both pixel meter and pixel meter photo, but what you're thinking of is pixel meter photo. Yeah, by the way, pixel meter confuses me now. Like, I like the old one, which is kind of like, like has a lot of like tools where you can make things. And like, can you do that stuff in pixel meter pro? Because all they ever seem to show is just like edit this picture. So based on what John tells me, I believe that's the case. But I'm still, um, I like you, I'm still using like the base pixel meter on my iPad when I need to like. Well, I put use it some more on my Mac on an image. than my iPad. And yeah, for like those kinds of things. Or like, yeah, yeah if, I'm, if I'm like tinkering around to make a chapter art for a show or whatever. Yes. Um, I think you then, can in Pixel Meter Pro. Okay. Because what's concerned me is they've renamed it to Pixel Meter Classic, and that tells me it's. Uh, it's going, going away, away. Yeah. so <laughs> i i just wanted to like because i believe when pixel meter pro originally came out it was much more just like do stuff with photos but yeah. i i maybe i'll i'll try it out or something because going through their website doesn't it just it doesn't seem clear to me that it can necessarily do all the things that i'm used to but anyway pixel meter photo is really cool because like i've done stuff where you can remove people from an image and stuff like that, that and and that was on this before they brought it to. I think before Pixel Made the Pro even existed. And yeah, it's just very, very clever stuff. So, really cool. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea, complete with a unique domain name, use of some really awesome-looking award-winning templates, and much more. So, think about a website you may want to build. Chances are it's much more than just static pages. Maybe you need an online store or want to host a portfolio or write a blog or host a podcast. Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do all of that stuff all under one, one place. And there's nothing to install. There's no server patches to worry about. No upgrades are needed in the middle of the night. Squarespace has it covered so you don't have to worry about it. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you have any questions or need any help. Let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and of course, all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. One of my favorite things about Squarespace is that people don't have to be afraid to go in and edit or update the content on their website. So if you help somebody get something built, you can show them how to edit it, and they don't have to worry about, oh, I put this picture in and it won't resize, and now the mobile website's broken. Squarespace just handles all that stuff for them, and it really lets people just focus on their content. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com connected. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the new version of 1Password, 1Password 7.7. It's their Big Sur update, and there's a couple of really nice features in here. My favorite by far is unlocking 1Password with your Apple Watch. This does not require Big Sur, uh, but you have to be on a Mac with a secure enclave, so a T1 or a T2 Mac. So this does rule out a bunch of iMacs and stuff. But if you have this, so if you have a MacBook Pro with Touch ID or MacBook Air or, you know, an iMac Pro, Mac Pro, something like that. Um, Mac Mini. 
Mac Mini. And, you know, a lot of those systems don't have Touch ID sensors or maybe use your laptop where the Touch ID sensor is like far away or maybe it's in clamshell mode. Now you can just unlock with your Apple Watch. And it works just like some of the system prompts that use the Apple Watch where you've got to double click the side button. I absolutely love this. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, I need to set it up on Sylvia's machine um, because she doesn't, she never bothers to install updates or do like cool things that become available as new features. And then she discovers it because she follows me on Twitter, right? And so every once in a while she opens Twitter and she's like, why didn't you tell me that I can now do this with like Dropbox or 1Password? And I'm like, have you updated your phone? And she's like, no. And like, well, you know, you're supposed to do that. And so it's this weird thing that we have where she complains about me not telling her about new features, but also she dislikes software updates. Anyway, this is a very cool feature. It works on my 2018 Mac Mini, and it's fantastic. I love how it doesn't require you to do anything on the Apple Watch. The the, the, the alert just pops up on the watch no matter, like, it doesn't have to be on. It's like Apple Pay and uh, mm-hmm. those Finder dialogues. Speaking of the Finder, uh, a few minutes ago, and this is totally, like, it, it's not related to 1Password, I'm sorry. But a few days ago, Stephen, I wanted to ask you, do you know what's written in the about finder window does Do it still about- mm, does it still say it used to say like the macintosh experience does it still say <laughs> it that it still says that the macintosh desktop experience <laughs> oh man <laughs> if we ever had a band this is well it's this is like jimmy Hendrix meets finder right yeah the macintosh desktop, desktop experience like imagine that with a bunch of flowers and uh, acid colors all around and it, it would ufos be UFOs. That, that really cool. is the Macintosh desktop experience. Anyway, uh, the Apple Watch. Very, very cool use of the Apple Watch for one password. Just real quick, while we're talking about this, about mm-hmm. like the Apple Watch on the thing, it is really cool. I would just say as well, having Touch ID, though, is just a million times better. I love having Touch ID on my MacBook Pro now. Yeah. I have a question for you. Why does my iMac Pro turn on on its own? Like randomly? Yeah, and I know this because my watch buzzes and says, "Hey, we just unlocked your iMac Pro for you." I think you've been you've been hacked, Mike. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. that would explain it. It just comes on randomly sometimes. So, in Energy Saver, do you have things like wake for network access, start up automatically after a power failure, power nap? Any of those things turned on? Wake for network access is on. Maybe you turn that off. Maybe something's trying to ping it. Is it off or is it? It was checked. Okay, but is the computer off or is it sleeping? Sleeping. Okay, it's probably network access. Something's probably hitting it and waking it up. Like Plex mm-hmm. or something like that. Or a notification somewhere. It, it's probably a notification. All right, I turned that off. I'll, I'll let you know if it keeps happening. But it happens like at least once a day. Like I have my Mac on, in, like sleeping and then it just goes whoop up, up, just turns on. It's very annoying. So the other feature in 1Password 7.7 is a inline filling experience so if you use one password x 10 x which is what i have on my windows notebook mm-hmm. in edge or i think it's an edge so how that works is it instead of like the pop-up window you used to get just in the field you get a drop down so it's either your one one password entry for that site or if you have a site with like multiple accounts it gives you a drop down and you can pick 
uh, the one that you want. Uh, I like this feature, but I don't think everybody does. I hate this. Mm-mm. I no, hate this, this feature. This is a very this is a Terrible. very bad feature. I hate yep. this feature. I feel bad because I know one of the people who worked on this feature, and they told me please like it, and I told them I hate it. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I hate this feature. Uh, <laughs> I look, don't know what okay, you did. The reason I don't like it is because. Like I turned it on and then I had two autofills to compete yes, with each other. Same, same. So here. Safari and one password just fighting it out, and I never asked for this. Um, it's like, hey, buddy, we want to fill your login. I know <laughs> because as well, it's like so small. Yeah. That you, I could barely get like one entry. Like maybe you can resize it. I like the feature. I like that the one password icon is in the box, so I can click it if I want to. But I didn't like that by default it was enabled because I spent a day being like, what is going on? Because I had these two conflicting autofills all the time. So. Yeah, I I really dislike it, which is why I came up with a way, uh, you know, I, I did my research on the Mac, which is not something that I do frequently these days. And oh, great. Now my, my one password extension is stuck in Safari. Fantastic. Okay. Um, Anyway, you can go to the one password preferences browsers and then you just disable show in line menu in Safari and you get rid of the autofill. Also, I got to say, but you can still bring it back if you want to, which is like it's good to have it there, but honestly, like I've gotten pretty used to making sure that I have all of the stuff that I need in uh, Keychain because then I have it wherever I need it. Yeah. So hmm. not a not a good idea. So if you, because I, I I don't want to disable like a keychain, you know. No. Like I don't want to turn that off. So. Hmm. Yeah. Right, so I don't use it, so I haven't come across that conflict. If if you turn one passwords off, do you just get the the Apple uh, one, the the standard UI, Wait, the old UI? You don't use keychain. I don't use. Um, I don't have any passwords saved in Safari. Huh. Hmm. Why? Because I use one password. But like you can just have them both. No, then I fetch something. And it's like there and it's easy. Why? Not easy. This is weird. I don't get it. No. Why would I have passwords in two systems? Because, Why would you not? Yeah. Because I have one system for this. But it's more one convenient to keep them in Safari. It is. No. One password because then I have them on my other devices. Same like with the, that aren't That aren't Apple devices. <laughs> Do you use non-Apple devices? Yeah, I've got a PC notebook that I use every time I stream. Yeah, but like, I log all of stuff. my stuff is in one password. But why is it also in Safari then? You just need one place for your passwords. No, because one password is not as easily accessible in all places. Exactly. Like if I go to an app to log in, one password isn't always there. Yeah, that's on them for writing a cruddy app that doesn't support autofill passwords, which has been around for three years. Right, but I can't be like, oh, so like now I'm just not going to do it because this app, like I, I have no control over this. Uh, this is a fascinating thing we just discovered about you. I love finding out the way that like people use their computers in weird ways. You know, it's it's not called one password because you're supposed to keep your passwords in one place, right? That's not what, <laughs> what the name is for. Steven takes it so <laughs> literally. He has just one password and one password. It's like, I'm just doing what it tells me. <laughs> Which is weird because one password is supposed to let you use different passwords, but I, I misconstrued it. <laughs> I don't know why they have this feature, but it's so clear that you only need one password. It seems like... A whole app is overkill for that, but you know. <laughs> I do what I'm told. I do what I'm told. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Federico, you got a Belkin MagSafe car mount, and I want to hear everything about it. This is the best MagSafe accessory you can buy. This Whoa. is my, conc- my the conclusion of my of my comprehensive review. All right. So what's next? So next up is App Clips. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me talk about this thing because I am so excited about a single piece of plastic. I don't think this ever happened in my life before. Um, <laughs> I've been fighting this problem for years, where all of these car mounts that I purchased, starting with the days of the iPhone five and the 5S, they never worked for me because eventually the iPhone would always fall off the, mm. the the car mount and sometimes the car mount itself would detach from the air vents in my car and it's just like you know it would fall like either uh, on the passenger seat or worst case scenario between my legs as i was driving and th- th- you know that's not ideal uh when you're driving you don't want that to happen then it gets stuck under the brake pedal and you're trying to brake and then you go off the side of the cliff and it's like you know, a whole thing and you die you gotta think about the afterlife all that kind of stuff i don't want to do that are there a lot of cliffs in rome you could you could drive off of i have been at the amalfi coast twice in my life and let me tell you driving by the amalfi coast it, which is basically one long, like thirty kilometer cliff. That's terrifying. That's not. That's terrifying, but also it's very beautiful. As beautiful as it is, uh, yes. Like where you feel, you know, like kind of like life threatening. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Anyway, um, so I, I've been very disappointed with all of these car mounts that I've tried over the years. A friend, the the only somewhat interesting car mount i've seen uh, a friend of mine she had this combo of a car mount and a magnetic case mm. and what she would do she would just swap the case on her iphone mm-hmm. when she got into the car and so she would just she would she was using that case just for driving and sure enough that case and the car mount had a really solid and stable connection however you know me i don't necessarily like well, I guess in the before the 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 wallet case, right? B- mm-hmm. Before I fell in love with the wallet case, I was not the kind of person who would say I don't want to change cases every time I I go out. I mean, um, but like at a certain point, why didn't you just you know? It's just like, well, I'm going to change the wallet case, and I have my car case, and I have yeah, my home you know, case. Like, yeah, like and a have whole beach case. Yeah, you know, a whole collection of cases. Day anyway. case, night case. Right mm-hmm. now, I don't have a wallet case, um, and so I decided, you know, I'm, I want to try this Belkin charger, and it's super good. So, a uh, couple of things I want to mention. The vent clip that, that attaches to your air vents in the car, it can be rotated, so it supports both vertical and horizontal air vents in, in your mm-hmm. whatever car model you have, and uh, the connection is very strong. So it does. It stays in place. Is um, it? Does it feel stronger than other MagSafe stuff? Yes. So the the MagSafe connection between the phone and the and the car mount, mm-hmm. to me at least, it feels stronger than say, for example, the MagSafe con- uh, charger. Um, I don't know why, but I've I was driving yesterday, and you know, Mike, you know, Rome's damaged road situation (laughs) like these roads are you know bumpy to say the least and uh, the phone never detached from the the car mount and this is so good for me because now i can keep my phone you know um if i have like turn by turn directions for example i don't need to stare down 
because I would keep my phone basically in a in a little slot uh, by the uh, gear shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, but but I needed to stare down at the phone to look at maps. Now keep your eyes I, on the road, Federico. I can keep I can keep my eyes on uh, on the road now because it attaches to the air vent, which is exactly at eye level, and Face ID still works because it's close enough distance that authentication still works. And uh, it's a strong connection. I can also attach a cable to my phone while it's on the on the on the car mount, and I can actually um, like fold the cable behind the car mount. There's a little slot in the vent clip where you can uh, put the cable in. It's very good. It's a very good piece of plastic. It's a very good car mount, and uh, it's the by far my favorite MagSafe accessory so far. So. Hmm. Um, I'm really happy with it. I finally have a decent, uh, you know, Google Maps setup in my car. So I'm really happy. It doesn't ship until January here, which is disappointing. January 5th through the 20th. <laughs> it's quite the range. How'd you get it, Federico? Did you rob Belkin? Big Belkin boy. I I ordered it like three weeks ago and it shipped earlier. I have a problem with this product, having not used it. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm I'm the internet. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't power the phone. You have a cable, though, for that. But I have a cable anyway, so... But why can't I plug the cable into the mount? Yes, you're right. They should make a version of this that has an integrated charger. I agree. Yeah. I guess they're going like, to make one, like a pro version, whatever. Oh, how's your MagSafe charger? Oh, it's good, but I have to plug a cable in. For me, that, that doesn't matter because I've got wired CarPlay in my truck. Uh, so I, I've ordered one of Federico's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cable doesn't bother me, but yeah. I think. Imagine if the wired CarPlay worked through MagSafe. Imagine how glorious that would be. Well, see, that's that's something <laughs> I worry about in the, in the realm of portless iPhones. It's like, how, <laughs> what if you don't have wireless CarPlay? Well, you're going to have to get a new CarPlay unit. I'm going to have to replace the CarPlay unit again, which is fine. I like taking my truck apart on the weekends. You sure do. Still. Yeah, I got some parts to put on it when I can get out there safely. What It'll are you fun. putting on it? Uh, Some spoiler? lights. Some Yeah, spoiler. Yeah. Some lights. Yes. Wait, like the ones on top? Uh, No, my wife didn't let me do those. Um, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, it's like a light bar that goes behind the grill, and it's very bright. If I'm out Wait, in the country, a light need, bar need light. that goes behind the gr- also like the 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 front of the car would just light up. I'll send you a picture. Oh it's RGB. <laughs> it's not not RGB. <laughs> All right, let me find this website. Um, Carlights.com. Carlight. No, it's this company. They make stuff for Tacomas mostly. Here we go. I'm doing this. I'll where put this in the Discord. Where, where is this link? I put it in the Discord. That. The lower bumper hidden LED bar. Oh boy! Oh boy! And what's the purpose of this? Oh, this is this is so American. I don't even know where to begin. I have a truck, and I'm putting lights in my truck. I live pretty close <laughs> to the country, and sometimes you need a lot more light out in the middle of nowhere. I'm always hauling, you know me. Can't stop hauling, hauling all day, every day. <laughs> How do you think I move these performers around? <laughs> like it's in the truck. But these are all self-inflicted haulage scenarios. (laughs) Again, self-inflicted haulage scenario, another great name for our band. (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow. Whatever happened to app clips? 
ah, exactly what we thought would happen. Nothing. Not right? just nothing. So app clips, uh, for those who honestly may not be aware, and that would totally be justified. Um, app clips is a new feature in iOS 14 that allows you to in, quote unquote install like a small portion of a, of an app. Like you can instead of downloading the full app, you can just on the spot install a a part of it. And Apple pushed this feature as a perfect way for, say, restaurants to let you install a me- just the menu for the day instead of the full application. Or maybe a, sh- a store that you wanted to let you browse the catalog instead of downloading the full app. And at WWDC, Apple announced uh, different ways to discover and install these app clips. You can discover an app clip via URL, in iMessage, in Apple Maps, on the web, and, and you can install one by scanning an NFC tag. And obviously, Apple also announced their own proprietary way to install app clips, which is a special QR code called the App Clip Code that Apple said would launch later in 2020. We are now later in 2020, but we can be later later, I guess, because these app clip codes haven't launched yet. Uh, there's speculation that they will come out with iOS 14.3, which I could see that being the case. It's likely going to be the last major update to iOS 14 in 2020, or these things are going to be delayed, but we can't know yet, uh, because 2020 still isn't done. Um, what a- So to answer your question to what happened with app clips... Um, I I know a bunch of developers who have shipped app clips for their iOS 14 apps. And I believe Lookup, for example, is one of them where you can install just the app clip for the word of the day, maybe something like that. And look, I think the idea of making it easy for people to install apps and you know, because these app clips are smaller, they download really fast, they are cached on your device for just a few days. I think the idea in general, it's not too bad. It's not a terrible idea. It just feels to me like the idea, the kind of idealized feature that works great in California, but it's too fancy for the rest of the world. For example, I think in reality, based on what I'm seeing, and look, gotta take my experience for what it is, based on what I see in Italy, I haven't traveled at all this year. But based on what I'm seeing here, ever since COVID hit, and all of these restaurants have have adjusted to, for example, digital menus because they don't want to hand you a piece of paper, rightfully so. Basically, what's happening is uh, there's a bunch of local development shops here. They are taking up all of these clients. They are taking up all of these restaurants and coffee shops who mm-hmm. suddenly find them, themselves having to make an app for iPhone and Android, right? And so there's these local companies that convince all of these restaurants to make native apps. And these are crappy apps. These are terrible experiences based on a template that these companies are very likely overcharging for. And all of these apps look the same and they work the same and they're basically making a few changes to the colors and the logos. And so all of these restaurants end up having effectively the same system for letting you browse the menu. And so these apps, which are made with like very likely cross-platform tools, they don't look really great. They don't behave natively. They're not a modern iOS 14 experience at all. And uh, all of these restaurants, they either have this terrible app that they let you download, or most of them, they just resort to uploading a PDF document 
as a menu, they say, to a web server. And sometimes I've even seen Google Drive and Dropbox, Dropbox links opening after scanning a QR code on a restaurant table. Um, so to think that these restaurants and these people, given all the problems that they're facing with the pandemic, they would think of making sure that their native app not only is an actual app instead of a PDF on Dropbox, <laughs> but also supports iOS 14's APIs and app clips, I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, in theory, it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, there are companies using it, right? And sure. there's going to be more of them. But sure. This this feels like one of those things where the ideal scenario is never going to be... Wait, mm. It's unlikely it's going to be reached anytime soon. It's like, do you remember when we were supposed to order our coffee with shortcuts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody like, does that. Having a great demo doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a popular feature. Yeah. And yeah. I think app, li- app clips make for a fantastic demo. And I could it see myself... It also feels like, you know, this could be like one of those things that maybe would have panned out if the world was a little bit different Maybe. Right now. Maybe. I also think it's the kind of feature that makes more sense for a headset instead of a phone. Like, I'm fine downloading apps on my phone. I can see this kind of, like, transient experience of, like, hey, I need something for a few seconds. Let me just put it on my headset, whatever. Like, I can see, technologically speaking, I can see the motivation behind it. It just kind of doesn't work in 2020, I think. I don't know. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I want to talk a little bit about GarageBand All right. and, and Mac OS <laughs> Catalina. So when Big Sur came out, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago, you know, Apple updates all of its first party apps. Uh, the iWork apps, Keynote, Pages, and Numbers all got terrible 80s icons. And GarageBand got an update. But it turns out the GarageBand update requires Mac OS Big Sur, as does Apple Remote Desktop, but no one has that installed. I didn't even know I had it installed until this problem. So I'm on Catalina on my production machine. It won't be on Big Sur for some time. So, you know, I'm opening the App Store. I get a bunch of updates. But I get an error saying, oh, GarageBand requires macOS Big Sur. I'm, I'm not on Big Sur. And what this means is that it continually stay, stays in the App Store as an update. It badges the App Store icon. Now, I'm not a monster. I don't have the App Store in my dock. But anytime I open it, it's just there, unable to be installed. Wait, I am a monster then Me because too. I do. Yeah, I have it as well. <laughs> really? On the yeah. Mac? Look, suddenly you got that, you know, that itch. need for apps. You know, and you need that fix, that that App Store fix, and you just got to c- You know, when Federico needs to check if the App Store has been redesigned yet, you know? <laughs> those kinds of Those kinds of things. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh God! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> One day I will be right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone agrees with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's bananas to me that the App Store shows you an update for an, uh, an app that you can't install, and it knows you can't install it because when you try to, it says you need Big Sur. Just hide it and tell them on Big Sur. Yeah, it's yeah. bananas. It's very frustrating. Also, I don't know why mm-hmm. what they did to GarageBand to make it require Big Sur for a point update. Like, what are you doing in there? Yeah, no. <laughs> What's going on in there? Logic doesn't require Big Sur. Yeah, I know. I thought, well, maybe um, there's 
a, a bigger update. It's version 10.4.1, and it adds a bunch of Apple loops and instruments. It improves the performance on Apple Silicon, so it's universal, and it is a refined new design. None of that requires, like, you can ship it on Catalina. I don't understand. Maybe those loops are, like, really advanced. Maybe. Know? There's 1,800 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, hip-hop, chill rap, future bass. I don't know what nice. future bass is. New disco, bass house, and more. If someone could tell oh. me what future bass is in the chat room, I'd appreciate it. Bass from the future. Bass from the future. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? In fact, as we record this, there's a big AWS outage. Like, your, your site could be down. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I know mine isn't because Pingdom has not alerted me. Wouldn't it be a great ad, though, if, if like, the website did go down mm-hmm. during the Pingdom ad? I mean, I could take it down, but let's not do that. No. But, but when it goes mm-hmm. down, Pingdom tells me about it. It detects over 13 million outages every month. I'd imagine a lot of those are happening today. That's more than 400,000 <laughs> outages every 24 hours. It helps keep your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or you're a Fortune 500 company like Relay FM. Wait, we're not a Fortune 500 company. But if you're a company like us, you need alerts about any critical website issues. It lets you customize how you're alerted so I get push notifications and I get emails. Uh, you can uh, set those depending on the severity of the outage, which is really cool. Plus, they track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting your users' experiences. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want them to monitor, and they just take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and Relay FM. Federico Vitici. Yes. I saw a tweet from yes. you a couple of days ago. Yes. And you were like, I'm using Hey now. Hey. Mm. Hey. I started out as a skeptic, but I've been using Hey for my work email for a few days via redirect, and I'm impressed. Different flow requires adjustment, but it totally clicked with me. So many great touches from screener to set aside. And clips. Is that an app clip? Does Hey have app clips? Hey. Yes. <laughs> ah, that's what clips. we were talking about the whole time. Yes. So what's going on? What are you doing? Um, well, this is a very long story. I don't know. Do we have the time for a very long story? Yes. Let's go back to the summer when I was working on the iOS review. <laughs> um, so when, when Hey came out originally... And if you remember, there was like a waiting list and the, the, the company that makes Hey, which is Basecamp, they had pre-announced last year that they were working on an email service. I didn't necessarily pay attention to it. Um, and when the launch happened earlier this year, a few months ago, I, I didn't really care about it because I was so busy with the review and I was running late and I had a bunch of other problems that I needed to take care of. And, you know, the idea of trying a different email client just... I didn't have the time for it at the time. Mm-hmm. And the whole controversy happened with, with the App Store and Apple. Yep. And I didn't... And although I agreed with Hey on principle, I, I found the company's attitude and the response is really off-putting. You know, the, you know, the, the whole calling Apple like... Uh, 
equating them to like mafia people, I thought that was a little too much, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the, something I, I like. Um, so I, 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 I ignored Hey, even though like I, I saw a lot of people saying uh, this is a different take on email. It really works for me. Um, it's interesting. You should check it out. I just didn't have the time. Now, for context, we have we at Mac Stories have been uh, Google Apps first and then G Suite company for nearly a decade at this point. And uh, I set it up years ago and uh, we were grandfathered in with a free legacy account. We've been using it forever. However, I realized uh, a couple of months ago as we were having these discussions with John that really in, in G Suite, what all we use is Gmail and Google's uh, single sign-on for a few internal products that we've built uh, that let us log in with our Google uh, company credentials. We don't use Google Drive. We don't use Calendar. We don't use uh, you know, Sheets and Docs for as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your own, like I do, so I have my own personal yeah. stuff for Docs and Drive and all that stuff. Yeah, we, sh- we share a few calendars, uh, but we share them with iCloud. And uh, for Google Docs, I just have my personal Google account, which is the same one that I use for YouTube and browsing, all that kind of stuff. So a few weeks ago, um, I realized that, you know, having done the iOS review, having, having taken care of other things that I needed to take care of, I sort of started reassessing the state of my of my of my work of the what I do and the way I do it, and I realized that my email situation was really out of control, worse than 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 what happened in in years past. So like it had gone bad, bad for real, uh, to the point where I had missed really important emails, and obviously because I was using Apple Mail. I didn't have support for push notifications, but that that was my decision. But also Apple Mail was kind of terrible at searching nine plus years of email. And I didn't want to use Google's official Gmail app because that app sucks. Uh, I don't want to use Google apps. And even though I had set up systems like, uh, you know, for example, Sanebox, which is a really fantastic service. The problem is, I was getting too many emails from from too many unwanted people and sources and spammers and newsletters that I never signed up for. Even Sanebox was struggling with that amount of stuff. And I just felt, for the first time in years, I just felt very overwhelmed. And and I just I was looking at my inbox and and I had messages in my main inbox from people that I meant to respond to from like two years ago. And I never replied to them. And there was more email coming in every day. I just felt very bad. And it this was the first time it was happening since years, really, that it had gotten so out of control. So I started thinking about it. And uh, I figured, you know, maybe instead of doing what I've done in the past, which is just, as they say, declaring email bankruptcy and starting over, just basically archiving everything and starting fresh. Uh, this thought crossed my mind, which was, what if I actually change systems? And what if I actually try and do something else instead of just selecting all and archiving all? What if I actually try and starting over with a new workflow, with a new system? And so I started doing some research. 
I looked into Spark. I looked into um, Spark. Doesn't really matter because it's not its own email service. Um, so I, I I took a look at a bunch of different email clients, and then I realized, well, there's this thing that I ignored months ago. Maybe I can check it out again. And it it, it met all of my requirements, right? Mm-hmm. The it supported um, push notifications, search, um, beautifully designed relatively fast pace of updates for iOS 14 and iPad OS. So I thought, you know, I'm going to give Hey a try and I'm going to see what happens. And initially I set up a free account uh, with a dot hey at, at hey.com, like free domain. And I started redirecting my email, my work email to that free account. And within a week or 10 days or something, like it clicked so well with me. The whole thing with like, I don't. I'm gonna talk about it in a few minutes. But the whole workflow for um, managing incoming email, as well as um, the design and all the little touches that uh, uh, for replying later and setting messages aside, that I tweeted about it, and um, and after tweeting about it, um, the folks at Hey were kind enough to invite us. Uh, to try the new uh, Hey for Work, which is the Teams, uh, like the, the version of Hey made for Teams, which I guess is launching officially like next year. Um, but they gave us an invite to Hey for Work. Uh, and um, so uh, last week, it's been over, well over a week at this point, I think, uh, we, after thinking through the entire transition for like all the email addresses that we had and all the things that were depending on Gmail. Like it was a long process of trying to think what happens if we switch over from from Gmail. But I I made the change and MacStory's email is now running fully on Hey for Work. What is the change? What do you mean? Well, like what did you import all of your old email? No. So So you have no search of your entire history? No. I See, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, no way. Do they let you do that? No. I couldn't. See, this would st- that for me, because I've wondered about this. I'm really interested to hear how the rest of this plays out. But that is 100% a deal breaker for me. Because yeah. like what? I have to pretend that I didn't get an email before today? No, no. I get it. I get it. For you that, know? I just, uh, I still, we still have the Gmail account. So I can still open the Gmail app and I can still search. Because mm-hmm. it's still, I can still have credentials. There's still an inbox. It just doesn't work anymore in that it doesn't receive or send messages because my DNS records have changed, right? right? But I can still open Gmail. And uh, that's actually why I'm keeping the Gmail app on my device because if I want to search for something, I just open Gmail and search the archive. Yeah, yeah. It would be, were you scared to do the the, the change? Like, I would be so scared. Like, I was big time. Okay. But I got to say, this is the, like, the I took screenshots of it. The um, migration flow that they have for changing DNS records, so well done. Hmm. Uh, I was literally up and running in five minutes. That's really good. That's really, really good. Because that's so important, right? That, yeah, the instructions really were so clearly designed. And the whole thing, when they verify your domain, they have loading indicators. It's super well done. Like from a visual standpoint and from like good. how they give you the instructions, really well done. That's so, good. but yeah, you cannot import your old email. That's definitely going to be the biggest limitation for a lot of companies, I think. Um, I, I think they really, really need to find a way to solve that. I get it. Yeah, that's a 
That's, I guess, perhaps the most important limitation that they have right now. But yeah. for that, like I said, I'm still, op- I, whenever I, I'm like, hey, I need to, I need to uh, look for an old email message, I open Gmail and I search. And mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, for, for what I do, like I'm not a salesperson, so I don't necessarily need to reference old messages as frequently as say. It's not for sales. It's not, I mean, I, yeah, sales is part of it for sure. But I mean, I'm, I search stuff all the time. Mm. Um, and at a certain point, I know I would start to get annoyed that, interesting, you know, after six months, one search is two searches every mm-hmm. time for me, right? Where I feel like, interesting. oh, is it here? Oh, no, wait, no, I've got to go back here and look for it as well. I don't think I search a lot. I'm mostly on the receiving end of email. So my, my the way that I deal with email is I, I get email and I got to respond to it and then I'm done. Like, yeah, every once in a while I search for something but really the, i guess the things that i need to find later i also move move out of email and i save them like in devon think or notes whatever yeah this know? is something that i would really like you to keep aware of over the next few months like i believe you what you're saying but i wonder if there's one of these things where like you do it more than you think but you don't think you do it that much. You know what I mean? Uh, so like, a, yeah. I would just be keen to know over the next few months, like how often do you find yourself searching through your Gmail archive? Like, I believe that you don't do it that much, but I, I'm just I'm just keen like to just understand that after a few months of use. Like I think in the past 10 days, I've done it twice. Okay, that's quite a lot. But that's 20%. Yeah, but over sure. time, you think it would go down maybe? Because like... Yeah, exactly. Because I the the important email becomes the new email that I'm receiving now. I understand now. that and agree with that. But again, it's just one of those things that I would like to know if it changes, you know, for my own purposes. Sure. Honestly, I think it's going to be fine. Um, but as well, it's like, come on, email ain't that big, right? Like, hey, let me pay you. I'll pay you an extra amount of money. Just let me upload it. Sure. Anyway. anyway. Uh, so let me tell you the things I'm loving about Hey and... Um, hey then, uh, you know, maybe somebody will be interested. I don't know. Um, so initially I thought that I was liking it because of the novelty effect. And I, and I was talking about this with John uh, a few days ago. Sure, there's always a novelty effect when you use something, but I think it's the actual workflow. Like it's the, the, the actual system that they have for dealing with email, which is why I'm feeling like I'm in control again. I'm honestly like I'm that sense of dread and like feeling overwhelmed has completely evaporated at this point. Um, and I don't think it's because it's a new thing. Like at this point, I'm, I've been using it between the personal account and then the work account. I'm approaching 20 days of usage. Like uh, at that point, you know, the novelty must have worn off, I think. Anyway, and it's 20 uh, days of something that you're in a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I um, get it. The novelty should have worn off by now, if that's yeah. what it was. Um, so, th- th- basically, th- the core of the of of hey is the email workflow that they have for the inbox. I refuse to call it the <laughs> inbox, which is a stupid name. Terrible. It's I I I don't care. Uh, I call it the inbox. Um, the feed yeah. and the paper trail. Uh, these are the three main places where your email goes. And uh, so your inbox is for important stuff and the feed is for like newsletters and so social updates that all that like it's a news feed style section and that's where all my newsletters go and are you manually training all email to say where it goes i'm gonna get to that yes okay sorry sorry and the paper trail is where everything else basically like confirmation emails receipts all that kind of stuff it goes in there uh you train the system 
uh, which is, you know, the, the, the biggest, I, I guess, the biggest uh, learning curve is the initial period of training hay. They have this feature called the screener. The screener is, uh, it lets you screen incoming emails. And it lets you say, yes, approve this for the inbox, or no, deliver this to my feed, or no, this should go into the paper trail, or even better, it lets you say, no, I don't want this person or this newsletter to ever reach me again. And it's not like it will not reach you, it will reach you, but it will automatically go into a screened out page where the email is delivered to you, but you don't see it. You don't see it in the screener anymore, you don't see it in the inbox, you gotta go find it. It's like a, it's like a, a level up from spam, basically. So let me ask you a question about screened out. The only email that ever goes to screened out is from is the w- senders you have explicitly said you don't want to hear yeah. from? Yes. Okay. Yes. It never tries to work that out on its own. No. No. Okay. No. Every time there's a new there's a new contact that tries to email you, you gotta screen it out yourself. Hmm. Um, which I, it's a system that I'm really liking because I'm finally like something that I really dislike is every time I try to unsubscribe for newsletters, it's like a hydra. You cut one head, three <laughs> pop pop out. Well, because they know you exist. Because they know you exist and yeah. like it's a battle you're never going to win. Mm-hmm. Or like, hey, uh, I would love to have this person on your podcast. Yeah. This happens yeah. all the time. I, yeah. I don't know if you get these Federico. Um, oh, yes. But like just to try and listen, I probably get about three or four, maybe more emails a day uh, from PR people uh, wanting to have someone on, their, on, on one of our podcasts. It is constant and there's nothing you could do to get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. So with the screener, I absolutely love it because all of these folks that have been bothering me for years, they're finally gone from view. I don't see them again. So that's really nice. Um, You can uh, mark messages uh, to reply later and you can set them aside. These are basically two holding places. Uh, They are when you mark a message for reply later, it gets its own little stack at the bottom of the inbox and same for the set aside. When you want to set something aside, it's not because you want to reply, but maybe because it's like an email receipt or something you're going to need at some point. You can just set it aside and it gets its own little stack uh, next to reply later. In fact, right now I have both both of these little stacks at the bottom of the inbox at the same time. You, uh, This is maybe another thing that uh, some people will not appreciate. You do not archive email in Hey. Um, once you... Once you're done with the message, in the sense that you've opened the message or you're replied to a message, it goes into a previously seen section at the bottom of the inbox. So if I open an email, it disappears? No. It depends on the section you're in. So okay. if you so the inbox has two sections, new for you and previously seen. When you click on new for you, you mark the message as read, and it stays there, but it goes under previously seen but it stays in the inbox. You never have a, a, a an empty inbox. Can you mark an email as unread? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So then it goes back up to new for you. It goes back up. And nice. in the feed and the paper trail, uh, you just don't archive. Things always stay there. Uh, you can delete, of course. You can file messages in labels that you can browse from the main menu, but you don't archive email like you do in Gmail or you know any other email program. Um, so that's another. Yeah, it kind of just sounds like archiving by a different name, you know. Kind of. Like, I get. You know. Yeah. But it's happening it's like automatically. That. But this. It's happening an automatically. Archive. And it's actually. I think it's nice that you know, 
the the new for you and previously seen um, separation in the inbox. I think it actually works quite well. I think it's really well done. Yeah, you see, so I th- I think I I don't think I would like this um, mm-hmm. particular feature because like I don't like like all these applications try to have a smart inbox, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that ever, right? Like I just want it chronologically. The only thing I want to do, only one app ever let me do it, is manually rearranging the sorting of inboxes. You remember when Mailbox used to do that? Mm, you could yeah. like manually move emails. Or, oh man, it was the best feature ever. I can't believe no one's ever done Rest this. in peace. Mailbox, best email app of all time. <laughs> Bar none. In any case, uh, this is not like a smart inbox. It doesn't do that um, sorting for you. Yeah, but like one of the features of a smart inbox is to, like I've had this, seen this in other apps before where it's like, here's all the new stuff. Here's all the stuff you've opened, you know? Like right. I've had, and I don't, I tend not to like that. But again, I haven't used Hey to this level. But when you say that, it's like I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about that. But now we get to the stuff I really like. All right, you can set push notifications on a per contact or per thread basis. Mm-hmm. So push notifications are off by default. You can you tell Hey what you want to be notified about, which is perfect for me because I have a few people I want to be notified about. I have a few mm. services I want to get notifications for. Everything else, it just goes into the app, and when I open it, I deal with it. I don't want to get notifications for everything. You can save little uh, bits of text from messages as clips. Uh, these are basically like snippets that you archive and that you save in Hey. So it can be like a link or something that... Uh, I think John is using the is using clips for sponsors. Um, little bits of information you can archive within Hey, and they're saved under the clips section. So if you need to reference something from a message in the future, you can save it as a clip, and it goes there. Kind of like uh, with the Kindle app or whatever. Kind of like, like that. You yeah. save like a, a what yeah. are they called? I don't remember what they're called. Highlights. Highlights. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. kind of like that. You can, of course, deliver have newsletters delivered to you in the feed, and you can set up the feed as a widget on the home screen, which is really nice because you can see new newsletters, new issues of newsletters uh, in the Hey widget on the home screen. So I thought I thought that was really nice. Um, now, the other thing is called the 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 bundles, I guess. Um, you can get me- um, different messages from the same sender. You can get those delivered to you separately as like sep- as separate messages, or you can enable an option called bundled up. Basically, this applies to separate emails from repeat senders. In my case, that would be test flight emails. I get a lot of test flight emails, which always come from the same sender, uh, which is no reply at apple.com, I think. Um, but each one is a different message. However, they all belong to the same category of stuff, which is new betas. And so I enabled the deliver as a bundle option in in the uh, test flight uh, sender info panel. And now they all get uh, their own little cluster in the paper trail. And uh, I can click it and I see all emails, but otherwise they all, you know, when they are collapsed, they all take just one line of my paper trail section. There's a mm. screenshot for you in the in the Google document that I have attached, so you can oh, get a sense. Oh, okay. I mean, we, I don't, we can't share this, but no, that's collapsed and then expanded, and that's what it looks like. I understand now. Okay. 
Now, the hay-for-work stuff. Obviously, we have a email going, you know, happening with our custom domain. I mean, that's that's a given. It's a it's a business account. Like Spark, you Hey for Work supports um, having private conversations with your coworkers within email. Uh, this was one of the features that I absolutely loved uh, about Spark. I believe it's why you, Michael, are still using Spark. Yep. Um, the ability to chat within messages. It's fantastic. Hey, has that as well it's fantastic you get notified mm-hmm. you can you can have conversations with multiple people you can invite people really well done you as a uh, I have a question the, for you y- yeah okay so I'm looking at this view and it looks like the two you and John are having a conversation inside of an email all done I'm getting there okay, all done sorry. getting all right. there you can set up domain extensions so things like sales at info at uh, you know, team or about at all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can set it up as an extension, which is not a team member. It's just, it's just an extension that then delivers messages to either actual team yeah. members that or aliases. Aliases, right? yes. Yeah. They're called extensions. Yeah. That feature is my, perhaps I think alongside the, well, really the whole workflow is my favorite feature of A, uh, but collections is a hay for work feature that is absolutely incredible. And it's changing the way that we, uh, that John and I and Sylvia, that we manage a lot of internal communications for Mac stories. So you, a collection is, well, it's a collection. <laughs> so basically the idea is that you, um, what if you have messages, mm-hmm. different email threads, different email messages that belong to the same topic or the same project, you can set it up as you can set those up as a collection. You can create a collection. For example, right now we have the Max Stories Selects 2020 awards happening. And so we set up a collection for Max Stories Selects 2020. And all emails that belong to that project, we can add them to that collection. But it's not just a folder. Like normally people will do this and they would get like a mailbox, right? They would get a folder in Apple Mail, in Apple Mail or a label in Gmail. And it would be just a vertical list of messages. What Hey does, it builds a timeline for all those conversations, for all those messages that includes attachments and your private chats. You can see a screenshot of a portion of that timeline in the Google document. It's an actual timeline from top to bottom, from newest to oldest, and it breaks down chats, attachments, email threads, and replies within one view and you can easily see all the participants all of the attachments all of the different email threads in the collection mm. it is fantastic it's it's a such a unique way of of managing big projects that happen and are discussed in email i've never seen it done this way anywhere else before mm-hmm. and it's a new it, take on email yeah like this, this is, you know, this is actually like a new, like besides the, the screener and the inbox and etc. This is actually like another big new thing that A is doing, I think. And it's by far the most important uh, work feature. I mean, besides the custom domain name, of course, this is the thing for us. Like uh, we do, we have these kinds of projects throughout the year that involve a lot of email messages, a lot of back and forth, a lot of contracts to sign, PDF documents, all that kind of stuff. And this is per- perfect for that mm. because then it it, it um, aggregates, right? 
both email and our own communications in context with a timeline view. It's really mm -hmm. well done. It's really well done. So there's lots more email conversation to be had, but let's take a quick break and thank our third sponsor this week, and that is Bombas. Maybe you haven't always thought of socks as the perfect gift or the perfect way to give back, but Bombas socks were literally made to give. When you give a pair of super comfortable Bombas socks, you're not only giving someone a gift that they'll love, but you're also donating a specially designed pair to someone in need. Because for every pair of socks Bombas sells, they donate a pair to someone experiencing homelessness across the U.S. And since socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, the generosity of giving Bombas will make meaningful impacts this holiday season. I think that's super cool. Bombas are specially engineered to be the most comfortable pair of socks you and everyone on your gift list has ever worn. They spent years perfecting every detail, like eliminating those annoying toe seams, making sure their socks never slip, and creating a special midfoot support system. They have tons of different colors and styles to choose from, including athletic performance socks, limited edition holiday socks, dress socks, and socks made from merino wool. The generosity of Bombas customers have allowed them to donate 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of more than 300 giving partners. And if you or someone you know aren't happy with them, just reach out to their customer happiness team who will issue an exchange or refund. I love Bombas socks. I've got a whole bunch of them. I replaced everything else in my sock drawer. I've got the low-cut ones I wear with tennis shoes every day, and they're fantastic. From comfort to kindness and everything in between, Bombas aren't just givable. They were made to give. Go to bombas.com connected today and you'll get 20% off any purchase during their big holiday sale, November 18th through December 2nd. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected for 20% off bombas.com slash connected. Our thanks to Bombas for the support of the show and Relay FM. So I'm liking this a lot. There's a few things that I would still like, hey, to see add an address. Uh, over the next few months before the public launch of uh, Hey for Work, I would like to assign emails to other team members. I I, I don't want to just CC them into a message. I actually want to have an assign feature to delegate a message to somebody else. I thought you said it had team sharing. You can share, but you cannot say, like, I actually want to delegate. Like, I want to assign. Oh, like, I don't want to see this I don't want to see this anymore, and I want to see, like, right. like a due date mm. or something. You know, like right. an actual yeah. assignment for a message. Uh, extensions or aliases. I would like to have the option of forwarding them both to an internal address and an external address at the same time. Right now, you got to choose. When you set up an extension, it can either go to a team member or it can go to an external address. I would like to have like you both. could send it out to Gmail. Or yeah, something. right now we have an huh. extension that we're sending out to Gmail, but I would like to send it out to Gmail and to myself, but that's not possible right now. Um, so that should be possible. And I want to see deeper integration with shortcuts on iOS, um, like actions to uh, compose an email message for sure, but also to search. Because you can search, hey, and actually the search feature is really well done, but I would like to have more shortcuts actions on iOS. Um, so in conclusion, this, like, I'm really happy. I don't feel overwhelmed by email anymore. And it's not, it's not like I have not received email these past 10 days. Like, 
you know, it's part of the job. I get a lot of email every day. But I feel like I am... This workflow, it puts me in a better position to deal with a lot of email on a daily basis. The ability to screen out people is, I guess, exactly what I wanted. I didn't know I wanted this, but it's so welcome. And it really works well for the way that I think about email. Like, I either want to hear from you or I don't. And, uh, you know, I, but I also lazy in that sense. I don't want to click unsubscribe. I don't want to, you know, just, it's like you're telling, hey, please deal with it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like I'm liking this because it, it, it com- hey combines a very, very opinionated design and sort of a way to think about email with actual advanced controls and team features, which is rare to find, I think. This combination of design and businessy type functionalities, it's hard to find a product that tries to do both at the same time. And so I'm really happy with it. I'm we're using it as a company. And I bet you guys are gonna say, Oh, I wanna see if in six months you're gonna yep. still like this and all that. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Well, that's something I don't feel like I don't need to say. So here's, I have two issues. One of them I think is for you. One of them is for me. I'll start with the one that's for me. And I think I'm not, I'm not alone here. I have more than one email address. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right, like, and like surprise, they're different services, you know? I'm like forwarding all of them to just one. Because I realized over the years that I don't actually need multiple addresses. I understand that. I know people do that. The idea of forwarding email concerns me. Um, I just, I, I'm just not confident that everything would work right. And if you have an email address that's tied into a bunch of other services you use, you know, like this is my email address, which is connected to all of my logins, and there's, I kind of can't get away from that. Um, it would concern me. So, you know, like I could imagine a situation that if I wanted to use, hey. Now I'm using two email apps, right? Which is, you know, I, I'm sure I could get by if I thought that Hey was good enough. But, you know, that's that. Here's the other thing. Here's the bigger problem. You mentioned opinionated, right? Mm-hmm. You're locked in now. You're in Hey. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If you don't like what they do or you don't like something about the app, sorry, bud, that's where your email is. That is the main reason that I feel worried about this so like you know like i've spoken very often about the fact that like i use spark because i love their team features and it's like a real big thing for me and that is a lock-in right Mm -hmm. but it's still gmail and so if something happened or if i really just didn't want to use it or if spark or hey went away Mm -hmm. still gmail and so like all right i'll be really bummed out about not having my team sharing but i've still got my email with hey no matter whatever they decide to do design wise feature wise like you're in now and there's something about that for email like the idea of going from a open system to a closed system Mm -hmm. that would be a big concern for me now i'm not criticizing you or anybody else but like i'm talking for myself the open system wasn't really working for me so yeah no exactly it wasn't but <laughs> you're in it now. You, like, you understand what I'm saying, right? You get why, why it w- would concern me. 
yeah, to be fair though, if I'm if I ever grow tired of of hey, they have a big giant export your data button that actually export a standard Mbox file with all your yeah. contacts and all your emails. So yeah, you know, worst case scenario, I can always take it out, re-import it back in Apple Mail, and it's like I never left. Yeah, I understand that as the nuclear option. But there are a lot of like, well, this is annoying kind of things that could happen in between now and then. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just, I find this whole thing. I mean, no, I get it. It's also strange to me, right? Because like, it is a closed system that they are trying to get people to leave an open system to go to their closed system. But by the way, they also hate closed systems fundamentally as an organization. It's just like, I mentioned this when the, the whole hey an apple debacle happened the first time like it was just this really weird thing to me of like we believe in openness and and never having locked things locked down but also bring all your email to us sure it's strange yeah it's just i i i am i'm really very very intrigued by this right i have been the whole time because boy do i get a lot of email and mm-hmm. and if something can try and make it better, like I've got this like cobbled together s- set of things now, right? Like between Spark and Samebox, it's okay, but it could always be better. Um, there's only so much that those two things can do uh, without actually controlling the email. You know, like I'm sure if I went all in on using the Gmail app, I might be happier too, because again, it's like Gmail does some of this stuff or tries to, but I just... The the main thing that 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 gives me pause is mm-hmm. going all, all in. It's a mm-hmm. big it's a big thing to to just do. Like yeah. What I plan to do is when they have their um when they when they announce when they release this work thing this custom domain thing, I have another email address like a mikehurley.net email address. I'm gonna move that one to hey, and see how it goes. Because I have a at hey.com email address, but I don't want to use that. I'm not I don't want a seventh email address that right? Like right. I'm good at this point. But like I'm gonna move one of my other domain emails emails to this one to really give it more of a try with actual real email that I'm getting and and see how it goes. But so it's because it's very intriguing to me, and like I get it, right? Like if you do own the system, you can do really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I hear it, and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting to me. But it also like leaving that open system to go to a closed one is a, that's a real big jump for me that I don't know if I'm willing to make. Yeah, and I thought about it, you know really long and the thing is the like I'm, I'm always in favor of of open systems in general like you know me like i'm all for open stuff but at some point because it you know this is about my company and we're running a, a serious and, and thankfully growing business and ultimately i realized you know i don't really have a lot of personal email uh, these days all the email that I get is work stuff. And so if I'm treating this as just another work product, just like I'm using Slack, I guess I can use a proprietary email service. I don't really get personal email. That was another realization that I had mm. um, a few a few weeks ago. I was looking at it and it's like, who emails me? 
people can either ping me on iMessage or they can call or they can text me on WhatsApp. I don't really get personal email, you know? And so I figured even if I'm going to get a bunch of personal messages on on the Mac Stories address, that's fine because ultimately that's my identity on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that was another realization of like I don't really need to have like personal email and and work email. Yeah. Everything yeah. is email and ultimately everything is work email. You know. So mm-hmm. I I guess the big change was stop to stop thinking of email as oh I need to use an open standard. Like for example, I'm always going to write my stuff in markdown, right? And plain text. But for like this is just another service for work. And I'm yeah, I think the the um slack is the closest thing to it like it this is like slack but for email it's a service that i'm locked in but it lets me work faster the funny thing is slack was supposed to be slack for email but that never really (laughs) panned out did it yeah yeah Yeah. i mean look i am i am not ruling this out for me in the future uh, I have a lot of uh, uh, people that would have to be drag kicking and screaming if I really, really wanted to do this. One of them is on this call mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And it, so it seems unlikely, but I am going to try it out more seriously with a with an email address that's in active use uh, before I would even start to consider it. But look, if they make this work and continue adding to it, it becomes more yeah. of a, an interesting idea, right? Yeah. And look, I mean, this is a... Uh, the folks at Basecamp have been around for more than a decade at this point. So it's like, it's a serious company. It's been around forever in internet um, times. Sure, but it doesn't mean that Hay's going to work. Sure. No, that's true. But it's like, they're also not the, you know, new startup from from Europe who's basically unknown Mm-hmm. With no portfolio of previous work. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't just. I wouldn't go into this system from rando company. Exactly. B. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So it's like not. No. Nobody would. You. You have to have some kind of like cachet. But yeah. again, it still doesn't mean that after year one that they can keep the service going. It doesn't mean that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. If 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 in. Uh, 11 months, you know, like everyone starts getting there. Hey, do you want to renew? Hey, do you want to renew? And everybody's like, no, I don't use this. <laughs> That's going to be a problem for them, right? And then, then you you know, but but you've, you're always taking risks. I mean, we trust Google with stuff. They close down services all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it, I understand why you've done it. I'm jealous of the features that you have. Mm-hmm. Um but I just don't think I could I could do it right now. Yeah, it was a big change, and I'm uh, and I'm thankful that John agreed with me. Uh, I I was uh, sort of a uh, dreading the conversation of like, hey, w- w- what do you think about appending your entire email workflow? <laughs> because yeah, I I really look forward to future <laughs> email app coverage on MacStories.net. Yeah, there's gonna be none. It's gonna be intriguing <laughs> to see how you manage that one. Uh, uh, spoiler alert: We got to the email screen, couldn't sign in, so that's the end of that app, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my issues are are what Mike shared. I have multiple email addresses, and Federico, I totally get what you're saying, but I like 
I've got three accounts. I have a personal one. I have one for like five full pixels freelance world. And then I have one for relay. And I like that they're all separate. And I like using a native app on my Mac. And I don't think Hey offers that at this point. Oh, yeah. Hey should also offer a native app because they, what they have is Electron oh, on the Mac. And I mean, come you on. ain't never going to get it. Never happening. I'm using it in Safari. I'm using Hey in Safari. Do they even have like a quote native app on iOS? Yeah, the iPhone app feels yeah. okay. Yeah, it's native. It actually, it also has okay. like multi-window support and widgets. And yeah, it's actually very, okay. it's nicely done. Cool. What I'm going to do is, and uh, I think John is actually reviewing this uh, on Mac Stories. There's an app called uh, Unite on the Mac, which is like fluid but modern. It lets you turn web apps into like desktop mm-hmm. wrappers. Yeah, it's cool. But it's like, yeah. And there's a new version yes. coming, I think. So I'm going to be... I'm going to be playing around with that. Um, I think from the same developer, like uh, I th- believe the name is... Uh, mm, BZG Apps? BGZ App. BZG Apps, yes. Um, the same developer also makes coherence. Uh, so basically, Unite it lets you turn web apps into desktop apps and uses WebKit as an engine. And Coherence uses uh, Chromium instead. And I believe Coherence supports multiple tabs. I don't know or think that Unite supports tabs. Because what I want to do is I want to make a single Hey desktop, quote-unquote, app and have two different tabs for two different accounts. Um, Because I want to have my uh, personal account and the MacStories Pixel address in there. Oh, yeah. How does it handle multiple? It doesn't. you got to switch between them. And, like... What is switching like? Log in and log out. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 hold on. No way. Only you on the web. the no. lead on that groundbreaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not in, no, let me finish. So you don't get push notifications then? Let me finish. You got only got, you can switch in the native app. You can switch in the iOS and iPadOS app. You cannot switch um, without logging out on the web. All right, but the, but okay. In this switching, if you're switched into the, your personal, do you get notifications for the Mac stories? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Pixel. Ooh. Well, the thing is, I haven't set anything to notify me. That's the problem. We can we can follow up on that. We can follow up. I will enable notifications. Yeah, I would like to know that because that's pretty big yeah. stuff uh so i mean look they they could they could have and i'm sure i would would be flabbergasted if they do not work out a unified uh inbox approach at yeah. some point unified inbox yeah what, what would they call it humified humified inbox yeah humified inbox approach at some point in the future because it's kind of key especially considering you know they're a really great thing for their business is to get like they want businesses to sign up and then those people were like i really like this let me get a personal email address as well right mm-hmm. like that's kind of yeah. quite an important thing of growing uh their business in the long run yeah so um yeah i'm gonna try and make a desktop uh desktop thing um i know that talking about hey raises a lot of uh feelings especially in our kind of audience but ultimately, it's a good service. It's a great service. And the, the Hey for Work beta, I guess, it's really good. Uh, we're going to pay for it. And uh, it lets us work faster, better. 
I know that folks are going to make fun of the fact that, you know, it's hay and people like to... Uh, it's a complex situation, right? Because you gotta you got to separate the product from the public story and the public controversy, I guess. But whatever. Like, ultimately, this is just a work tool. And uh, personally speaking, it made me realize a lot of things about my relationship with email, mm. which is... I don't really the most important one by far was I don't really get personal email. Everything is 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 somewhat work related. Well, all right, let me rephrase. You do, you just don't think of it like that. Like when I talk about personal email, like my mom is an emailing me, but I get like she emails me. Here's the thing I bought, here's the receipt for it. Like that's personal. Right? But mm. you just have it all go to at Mac stories. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Right? So I don't do that either, but that but that is like. But also, my mom doesn't email. Me. She emails me. Well, I just said that too. I I don't. <laughs> she asks where the bees are. Uh, I but like I got, I don't correspond with people by email, but I get email for things that I deem on being personal, right? Hmm. That's actually been the case for years. Like it's been like my the receipts for the games that I buy on the Nintendo eShop. They go to my Gmail address, but the Gmail address gets forwarded to the to even before it it it, it went to my yeah. uh, Gmail for work to the, to the G Suite address, and that's been happening for years. You, no, no, like when you say like I don't get personal email, that's you personal. Do. That is personal. Yeah, but it just goes to the one email address. Yeah, and which is like very valid. And honestly, I kind of wish I felt that way, so I didn't have to sign in with five email addresses every time I get a new device. I really, I really don't. I really don't want to switch between multiple email apps or multiple email addresses. Well, unified email inboxes. Ju- I mean, only your app thing. doesn't have it. <laughs> no, but even then, for example, even when I was using mail. Uh-huh. With the with multiple addresses, right? Yeah, I was never switching between the uh, the different accounts in the sidebar. You know, I don't do that either. Always living in the all inboxes view. So does it really matter if they're going to separate places? You get what I mean? Like, does it even matter if all you're gonna do is is use the unified inbox? Aren't you already? Uh, I understand yeah. what you mean. I understand what you mean, but I. W- I wouldn't want to have like but a bunch why? of accounts tied to a business address. Well, they're not tied, they're just forwarding messages. Right, but like all right, let's imagine this scenario where uh Stephen leaves Relay FM to get a job. Uh, if you want to hear what that job is, by the way, it's a fantastic segment <laughs> in our members uh, pre-show. You want to go to getconnectedpro.co. It's legitimately one of the best pre-shows we have done. Uh, I recommend if you've been on the fence about trying out Connected Pro, you should go to getconnectedpro.co, sign up, give us $5. You can check out the pre-show for this one. If you really don't like it, cancel. But I bet you, if you really like this show, if you enjoy the japes of this show, there are way more japes in the pre and post shows, even in the main show. This one's a perfect example of that. So in this scenario where Steven's like, I'm done, and then he shuts down the Relay FM email, I'm out of all my email. <laughs> How do I, what do I do for iCloud? No, no, no. Can you repeat that again? What's the scenario if Steven if leaves? Steven leaves and the at relay.fm email account goes because Steven's left and he's left me 
And so there's no real AFM anymore. Where's my email? It's gone. So then all of the stuff, my personal stuff, is gone. The things that you forward from Gmail, at least what I do is I say forward to this address and then archive the copy, but keep the copy. Yeah, no, I don't want to do all of that. I don't oh, look, but you don't want to do anything, stuff. though. Like it's, <laughs> we can't, it's No, I just <laughs> want the distinct email accounts in a unified inbox. I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, that's but that's what I want. It's like the, the okay. idea of having all the email forwarded to all these different places just seems to me madness. It's not what I want to do. Mm. Okay, I think that does it. Email. <laughs> I think we're done. Mm-hmm. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about this week, uh, head on over to our website relay.fm/connected/three-two-two is where you'll find those this week. While you're there, there's a bunch of fun stuff you can do. Uh, as Mike said, you can join and get access to Connected Pro, which you should totally do because it's really awesome. You can also send us email with feedback or follow-up. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of podcasts, and he has a Twitch channel. Uh, anything fun going on soon, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to be uh, streaming again on Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. GMT. Going to be unboxing some keyboard-related stuff over at Mike.Live. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, Federico is also on the internet. He's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can uh, go check that out, read about their amazing email coverage and other mobile applications. Mm-hmm. You can find him on Twitter at V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Federico, I have a question for you. Okay. In your mind, what is the most essential part of a friendship? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Synced views on email. <laughs> email no, no, compatibility. No. <laughs> I think the most important part is not being afraid of being honest with the other person. Oh, like, that's so good, man. Being in the position where even if you disagree with someone, you're not afraid of their reaction. Yep. Because you have that kind of relationship. Or it's like similarly being able to tell someone, a friend, something like you wouldn't say in public. Yeah, yeah. Because you trust uh, that, that that person understands you. That and telling them when they're wrong about something yeah. or, you know, not being afraid of the reaction. Yeah. Have the freedom to be honest. I think that's, that's, that, that is essential in a, in a friendship. Yes. That's good advice. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Squarespace, Pingdom, and Bombus. I didn't tell you where you can find me. I'm on the internet too. Uh, ISMH on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Hey, ISMH at Hey.com for the next 14 days until my trial ends and I never log in again. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess people should fill up that inbox, right? You, so- g- you guys are never going to let this go. This is going to be the next thing that you make fun of me for. You're never going to let this one go. I know. No, no. I don't think we need to make fun. No one's making fun of you. I just think it's funny that he did that. So, well, here's the thing. Steven, you want to test it out? Okay, everyone, email ismh at hey.com and Steven can test out hey. And then maybe next week you can come back and say what it's like after everyone emails you. Perfect. I think that's a fun test for you. I expect tens of thousands of emails. I-S-M-H at hey.com I'm going to forward all of my email (laughs) nope nope don't do that (laughs) well you know you'll find out a lot of things about people that's on them really I don't know where we go now I think the show's just over until next time say goodbye arrivederci 
Cheerio. Bye, y'all.